Thank you for joining us again for the Falcon Fast Lane Road Trip, an extended version of the Falcon Fast Lane. We've been talking with Miss Z, our history and government teacher, and one of our seniors, Aiden, as they had an opportunity to attend a recent presidential rally held here in Livingston County, Michigan. Let's rejoin the conversation as Aiden continues to talk with us about his experience with conversations that he had with people on that day. Right. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hate you for having your belief. And hopefully by me listening to you, you'll listen to me for a little bit. Mm. So. Wow. Like I'm just trying to digest that a little bit. That's a lot. That's a big bite right there. Um, Missy, we had talked earlier, like in a nutshell, what would we call that? Uh, uh, Dialoguing communication. (laughs) Right. But I mean, even absolutely dialoguing, but to even have the mindset of being civil. Oh yeah. Yeah. Civility. Absolutely. And to, and to have this be a thing. So let me explore just uh, one thing with what you said. And you said that you feel like people are, are, are angry at the wrong things. What, what are some things that a, you think people are currently angry at and what do you think maybe are the correct things that people should be frustrated, angry with? So, um, big thing right now going is vaccines. So I'll, I'll do one for the right and for the left. So for the left, vaccines is a big issue uh, that people aren't getting them, right? So here's, here's my whole thing at that. If you're vaccinated, why are you angry that uh, someone is standing next to you that isn't vaccinated, right? Sure, they, they might get it, but you're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be safe. You have a vaccine, right? That's why you got it in the first place. You are only angry at them for not getting the vaccine because that's what the news told you to do. Mm. If Trump was still in office and he still gave and he gave the vaccines out, then you wouldn't have the same faith in the vaccine. I mean, you you heard Joe Biden, you heard Kamala. I uh, can't remember many. <laughs> Those are the most two important ones since uh, president and vice president right now. Speaker uh, of the House Pelosi said the same thing. If, if I think I know where you're headed, but I think she said the same thing. All said they weren't going to get the Trump vaccine. Right. And so let's say Trump became, it was still was president. Then I feel like you would have heard that echoed in the news a lot. And there would have mm. been a lot of unfaithfulness with the vaccine Mm. uh i mean it was super rushed so not saying that there shouldn't be uh that there shouldn't be questioning done to it i'm definitely questioning it sure but uh their motive was different it was who was giving it out right so that's something on the left that people should they're not angry about it for the right reason okay on the right you got uh you got people thinking that the citizens on the left are the issue. Now, this goes both ways. People on the left think the citizens on the right are wrong, are like at fault. People on the right think the citizens on the left are at fault. Sure. Right? What I'd say is the issue is the people in charge of the citizens or supposed to represent the citizens. Mm -hmm. So when you have uh, media's influencing mass amounts of people over time, uh, you'll get division because you'll have two different medias saying two different things and people are going to clash against that, right? And then once you have the medias going against each other and the people going against each other, then the leaders are going to notice that and they're going to be in cahoots with the media. Uh, They're going to 
they're going to use that to control whichever side they want control over, whichever side they think that will get them to win. Sure. So really what I think the real issue that people need to be angry about is that there's corruption in the government. There's corruption in the media. There, there are people that are just trying to make money off you. Mm. And a lot of people don't see that. Mm. So Missy, what do you think are the factors that got us here? Like as a, as a Western culture, first world culture, U S culture, what, what do you think are the issues that got us to this place? Well, in American history right now, we're comparing the French Revolution versus the American Revolution. And Aiden, I'm just going to put you on the spot. But if you recall, what do we say was the primary difference between why those revolutions ended the way that they did, drastically opposed to each other? Um, what was their assumption about man? Oh, so uh, France assumed that it, so this was during the Enlightenment period. Uh, when people started questioning God. So God hadn't been questioned all the way up until this time period, right? So they said, now you have to prove that God is real. And by doing that, they had ha- they then put their faith in man. And they, th- they said, man is not born evil. Man can be righteous. Man can be trusted. So that was France's outlook on their revolution is we can trust a man to do this. So they had all of their, all, all of that. That's what their revolution was based off. And that's what it led it. That's what it led into for their leadership. And that's why it ultimately failed. Ours was off the base that man is imperfect. And because that we need absolute truth to rule us. And that's why we succeeded. We, we knew that God was in charge and we knew that only his rule is going to govern people and we can institute people to uphold us to that, but they're they're not in control. God's in control. Yeah, it, uh, well said, Aiden. Um, the French Revolution's idea was to create a utopia, and mm-hmm. when people don't live up to that expectation, you off with their head, guillotine, right? And our American founders knew man is by nature corrupt and evil, and so therefore we have to have a system of checks and balances. The hardest thing we can do is put people in power in government, but then make the government control itself. Difficult to do. So to your question about how do we get here? Well, we're on the cusp of that French, rev- the uh, French enlightenment. Absolutely. And w- up until that point, nobody debated if God existed. You just right. debated what God was the real God. Mm. Now we're questioning whether there ever is a God. Mm. If we're playing in that relative world of morality no wonder we we lack civility. We can't have conversations with each other because we're now arguing each other's personal biases and not this truth that's outside of ourselves. Right. Uh, I said not long ago in our Bible class that I believe one of the most um, sought-after commodities in our culture today is truth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because everybody wants to define truth. Mm -hmm. So as followers of Jesus Christ, biblical Christians— we would say that we know the ultimate truth, right? By way of scripture, special revelation. Um, It's really interesting to me as people kind of get into arguing about Genesis 1 through 11 and the reality of Adam and Eve. And if they argue against that, like it removes, it removes uh, our idea of sin. And then if we remove the idea of sin, not unlike 
these French philosophers who obviously had an impact on there and incidentally had an impact on, on our country. Mm-hmm. You know, even a lot of our modern day philosophy is based on, on, on the reality of what these French philosophers did. But if you remove the, the idea that, that we have sin, man is inherently sinful um, or not sinful as it were, we don't need a savior anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it goes right to the root of what you guys are talking about, that man is inherently good. Right. So it's it's so fascinating to see, and I've heard you say this over and over again. You know that that history can be cyclical, mm-hmm. you know, and we see we see a repeat of it. I heard uh, Steve Dace, one of our favorite podcasters, huh. say, I, "I I'm not so sure that history repeats itself as much as it rhymes. Some things will be different, but you know, they'll have they'll have a rhythm to it. You've heard that before. It's a deja vu moment, right?" He did a podcast not long ago where he uh, and I talked about this in Staff Chapel. Um, he he talks about it's time for we as conservatives, but not only conservatives, but as Christians, it's time that we go on the offensive. And Aiden, I think that this is what you did, and I think that people can mis people can misinterpret what that word means, offensive. It just means that you you take action, right? And you did this. So talk to me about some memorable conversations that you had with some <laughs> with some of the people there. How did they start? What did you guys talk about? How did they react? So I'll just go off my personal favorite. Uh, well, I have two personal favorites. One is good, one is bad. So my my personal favorite for bad was uh, my very first conversation. So Miss, you or lack thereof, or yeah, <laughs> you witnessed this whole thing. So I'm not making this up. I it's was, gonna be that good of a story, huh? Yeah, no, <clears throat> I. Was I was the most polite I have ever been in my life. I was genuine. Uh, did, did you think I was being genuine, Missy? I know your heart, <laughs> and I knew that's what you intended to do. Well, that's not how it was took. So <laughs> yes, I we can talk about later. I approached. Um, I approached a group of people that were walking behind us, holding Biden Harris signs, right? And uh, so I was like, "All right." I want to approach them. I want to talk to them. That's why, that's what I came here to do. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you need an icebreaker. You need something that leads into conversation. You know, you can't just go in there guns blazing. Right. Uh, just start off. Hey, hey guys, how's your day? Right. Simple question. Before I can get anything else out of my mouth, uh, the last lady in the line says, you know what? That's really rude. <laughs> It was really rude to ask how yes. their day was going. Yes. Something she, about respect too, right? Yeah. Respect yeah. So, so, it, so she comes up to me and you know, the, you know, the fake smile that people give when they're angry. That's, that's it. So she was doing one of these things. Right. So like, you know what? That was really, that was really disrespectful. I'm older than you and you really need to learn how to respect your elders. Um, I don't, I don't know who taught you to t- talk like that to me. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not trying to be confrontational or anything. I just, I, I, I just asked you how your day was. I just wanted to have a, a simple conversation. No, I, yes, you were. And then she, she kept on, she kept on like cutting in. She was like, yes, you were, you were being confrontational. And like, she's yelling at me as she's walking away, but she's like walking backwards face towards me. So she's like pointing at me and say, you, Yes, you were. You were trying to be confrontational. Yes, you were. And just and what then she, in the world. And this this woman, she was she was uh, I think she was in her fifties. So I'm a seventeen year old, and 
Uh, yeah. And this is what you and I talked about afterwards. All right, we have to change our approach here and be tactful. Consider the fact that there is way more uh, Trump supporters here than Biden. She already feels, you know, ostracized. Yeah. On top of that, most teenagers can be punks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. here you are with your don't tread on me flag waving. What else? You had another one. Oh, oh yeah. Come and take it. The yep. Yeah, Texas flag. flag yeah. That's right. And so you're approaching her with a simple question. And I knew what that question meant, why you asked it. And it was for an icebreaker. But for her, she's hearing, how's your day going? You know, right. look at where you're at right now. Why are you here? Right. So oh, okay. you learn to change your tactic as the day goes on. That was yes. your first experience. Yes. Then you tried with these other two gentlemen that walked by. What happened there? So that one was almost as equally entertaining. Uh, so... These two guys, they were definitely older than she was. She was, they were probably like late fifties, sixties. One had a full head of white hair. Okay. Uh, so I, I approached them. I knew, all right, just be serious, but make sure you're not confrontational. Right. So I was like, Hey guys, uh, I just want to talk to you. I don't want to be confrontational or anything. I just want to have a dialogue. Uh, and then before I could say anything else, what the guy, one of them cut me off and he said, no, we're not going to talk to you. We're not going to talk to you. Get away. And he, so one guy stayed behind, and he's like, we're not going to talk to him. He turns to his buddies. He's, he's saying, we're not talking to him. And that guy goes and w starts walking away. Well, one of the guys is staying back. So I was like, hey, uh, I, hey, I'm not trying to be confrontational or anything. I'm young. I, I think I know what I believe, but I just want to hear what other people think. I'm still learning. I just, I just want to know. I just want to ask you a simple question. I don't need yeah. to argue. Right. His buddy comes back around and he grabs and he grabs his friend and he's like yanking on his shoulder. He's like, "Don't talk to him. We're not gonna talk to him." Right. And I and I was just like, I I just wanna I just wanna ask you why you think, like, why do you support Joe Biden? Like, because you're holding these flags or yeah. or these signs. Sure. Why do you think yeah. that? And uh, I wasn't yelling. I was actually very low. Yeah. Uh, and then so as they're walking away, they're still hyper, they're yelling. And then what the guy that stayed behind, he said, well, well, uh, uh, Trump, Trump has two sexual, sexual assault charges. You, you look it up, you look it up. <laughs> and he just, he's yelling at me. And that's exactly what he said. And he just walked away. Wow. Yep. So you changed your approach the second time, which at least allowed one of the two guys to stay behind. And yeah. you would have had a conversation with him, but... This was very visible. He was the other friend was not happy. Mm -mm. What? Yes. What? Yeah, yeah. But that does lead to what I'm hoping is your other favorite moment with this other gentleman. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so we're progressively getting small. You start with a large group. You went to two. Oh, and, I and went to one before yes. before the good one. So there's one the more. The good one. There's one more. So I, okay. I I had four encounters, and okay. only one of them was good. Okay. Um. So the next was a lady I had saw earlier who uh, she was wearing a Trump face that said loser on it. Okay. And she was holding up a sign that said women engineers ready to build back better. And then on the other side, it was something that said it was for Black Lives Matter. I don't okay. remember what it said. Okay. I tried approaching her. There was already people talking to her. Right. And people around me are like trying to tell me, no, don't even try to talk to her. She's crazy. The people around us are watching all these interactions, by yeah. the way. We're starting to kind of they're, they're watching us. So they already know like Aiden. Hey, maybe don't go to that person. Right. So l Let me ask you this question for you. Before you can like how many other 
students do you think were there? Oh, there was, there was, mm, when school got out, because school got out early that day, I I saw a few familiar faces from the high school. Uh, but up until that time, you were definitely... In the early mornings, we were one of the only ones. But then by the afternoon, we did see a lot of teens. And they had a a tent for youth Okay, uh, in one of the corners. Sponsored by? A a, a Republican, Livingston County Republican Party. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. So your favorite one. Oh, no, back to this lady. So I was trying to talk to her, and she just pretended like I wasn't there. She just completely ignored me. She wouldn't even look at me. And I was like, wow, okay. So, I, like, not, I didn't say that, but I was just yeah. like, okay, so this is this is where we are. So I just walked away and because I, I couldn't do anything. I mean, I'm not going to force her to have a conversation with sure, me. Sure, sure. I mean, not unlike social media where there's power and anonymity, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So she had the mask on, so she was braver. So, right. So interesting. Okay, so those are three that didn't go so well. But it sounds like you learned something from each one, so they weren't, you didn't waste them. Right, yes. All right. And you didn't give up. Uh, yeah, dinner. for sure. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, so number four. So number four. So there was this guy. He had a crumpled up. It, he. I don't know why he crumpled it up. I know he did, but I don't know why he crumpled it up. He was holding a Biden-Harris sign, and he was he, the, he was the oldest one, so he's probably n- rearing towards his 70s. Okay. Um, And getting him to talk with me was not as hard. Okay. It took like a, about two minutes of convincing before the conversation. Similar started. approach. I don't want to be confrontational. Right. I just want to have a conversation. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But then when it started, it was actually good. We talked for about an hour. What? Yeah. Yep. An hour? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was, it, he was, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about abortion. We talked about Afghanistan. Heard a few of his stories because he actually went to Vietnam. He was drafted. Okay. Uh, he we talked about uh, some of the executive order policies Joe Biden had made. We talked about immigration. And he's a he was a Catholic. Is that true? He was. Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember him saying yes. No, he was a Catholic. Because the abortion thing came yes. up due to yeah. his yes. face. Okay. He was. Yeah. He was a Catholic. So he had concerns over President Biden supporting that. Correct. Particular this is what you kind of. S- Pushed into yeah, so I kind of carved this out of the conversation because I said I wasn't going to debate him, right? But I still like I was like, okay, how can I make points without debating you? Sure, right. So I had to just like carve it out of the conversation that you might have some issues here that you don't realize. So I got hmm. him to, so he, he, I don't think he thought about it before that. Uh, I so I got him to think about what happening in Afghanistan. I was just leaving there. Leaving all the uh, leaving all of our weapons, all of our equipment, citizens yeah. still trapped there. Right, right. So I got him thinking about that. And he was like, "Oh yeah, maybe maybe that wasn't the best way to deal with that." So that was his response once you started just kind of laying some of these facts out there. Yeah, that was he, interesting. It, yeah, and then talked with him about abortion, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I guess I do. I do have that issue with my party is they they do support abortion a lot." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, they do." Uh, and then, uh, there was a third thing. Ooh, this one was... That he was against or in support of with him? Uh, that, that he was against. Oh. Um, oh, he was a Bernie supporter before he was Biden. Wow. That's right. Yes. So I, I talked to him about that. So I was like, so why, why are you supporting Biden once you were a Bernie supporter, right? And he admitted to me that he... 
he didn't really like Joe Biden that much after Joe Biden won. He was sad that Bernie lost, uh, but he really hated Trump. Mm. He hated Trump. So he just voted for Biden and supported Biden because he hated Which Trump. Which we should be specific here. He never voted for uh, Biden. Right. He voted against He voted Trump. against Yes. Which is what led to our Trump. conversation. Can that last? Can that sustain a nation if you're just voting against something? Right. Did what he do for a living ever come up? Uh, yes. Uh, I think he... Oh, man. This was... Sorry. It was a long conversation. Yeah, it was like a fine. while ago. With this was that, curious like, if, he was, if he was a government employee, if he was a tradesman, I think he white was, collar. I think he was an engineer. Okay. I didn't hear I that could, part. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I know he did. Definitely went to college. Okay. He talked a lot about college and that's how college what I was to important. Say. That's why he liked Bernie Sanders. He wanted yes. uh, free education so people could learn a trade. Okay. That's one thing he liked about Biden. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And he liked he liked the healthcare thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was another reason why he was there because he liked the stuff about healthcare and the Build Back Better with okay. life insurance and stuff okay. like that. Okay. How did that conversation end? Um, it ended, it ended with us, um, it ended with me saying, so you, you don't necessarily agree with everything that your party does. Yeah. And, uh, and then he was like, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I don't, I guess there isn't as many people on there, uh, that I do support. And I was like, yeah. And I think there's. I don't think it's only in the left. I think people need to realize that there's faults within their own party. Sure. Right? There's, there's people on the right that are corrupt as well, right? Corruption goes to both sides. And, and this goes back to your original premise that people are angry at the wrong things. Exactly. So then that's when I, that's when I brought the point after an hour-long conversation yeah. is finally when I laid down what I wanted to say, which was we're, we're angry at the wrong people. Right. I think we need to be angry at those in power and we need to try to figure out a different way to change this before we before we discuss what issues we have with each other. We first need to address the issues with our government. Right. And so that's what that's how it ended and very cordially. And then after the fact, uh, he was talking with another Biden supporter. He actually referenced back to me and it was like, hey, that guy, that guy isn't so bad. He's, wow. he's really good to talk to, actually. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. So I'm curious, like an hour-long conversation, that's a fantastic That's a fantastic conversation. Standing up outside on the highway. Did it ever come up, the disparities in your age? No. So, like, I guess it he, didn't. Like, he didn't didn't disrespect you because of your age like the first encounter that obviously was yeah. age based like you need to I'm older than you and you need to yeah. talk respectfully so that was positional right but this man who by your description was the by far the oldest that you spoke to like he was cordial he was and didn't reference your age yeah so he was respecting your ideas uh I'm guessing Missy that his respect also came from some sound reasoning. Yes. <laughs> that, you know, that you weren't you weren't screaming like, you know, like a lot of angry people do, but you were bringing up some, some good points. Aiden's approach was Socratic. 
he completely adapted how Socrates talked, which was through questioning. I only, I basically only asked questions. He only did. And that's how you expose so many things because that made him think. And he came to the conclusions himself without you saying, well, why do you think you think this, or you think that instead it's, why do you think that? Which is what led the man to say later on, this kid was raised well, goes to a good school. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the other things he said about Aiden. Mm -hmm. He was telling his buddies that it was so cool. That is very cool. That is very cool. Missy, we've, we've had, we have ongoing conversations about this, right? But what do you think our world would look like if we were to, I think that at one time we had civility, but if we were to, at some point, regain a level of civility that Aiden brought to the table in this conversation, what, like, what would our world look like? You know, I, um, I might push back a little and say, I don't know that we have ever had a world of civility. I think about Socrates killed for asking questions. Okay. If Jesus had been civil, maybe he wouldn't have been killed. Um, you see, I'm looking at the timeline on my wall of all of history, and I'm just looking at how much death comes from people who disagree. So it's more of a surprise that you do see any element of civility. In fact, it almost confirms my faith in a God because it makes so much sense that you're going to see evil frustration, hurt, Mm. the fact that there's any good to me makes me think, wow, there must be something higher than man that would allow for goodness to come. So if we had more conversations like the one I saw with Aiden, obviously we'd get somewhere. Maybe we would uh, see a better world, but back to the French Revolution, a utopia on this planet is impossible. Yeah. So in the meantime, we're hoping for a world that's not here. Something above us. Yeah. Aiden, do you think that, um, how do you think the world would be different if people your age discussed any issue with us, with civility, either, either verbally face to face, like that doesn't happen a ton, but online. If we, if we discussed cordially, like I had Uh my generation and we started agreeing, let's just say, uh, we, we weren't as much as in disagreement, not as aggressive, right? Not as opposing. I honestly think uh, what would come back is in the media and everything is the unfaith in the new generation, at least by the media standard, the uh, Hollywood's portrayal, right? They're portraying the new generation, this uh, new generation supposed to be liberal. Uh, what are we, Gen X? I think I, no, Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. Sorry, I forgot. I'm a Zoomer, not a Boomer. That's what everyone in my generation says. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, And to your point, and people may not understand this, but Gen Z is the largest people group with regard to generations. So you guys have surpassed baby boomers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. So right now, I don't know, Missy, correct me if, like, if you have a different opinion on this, like, I don't know that there are ideals that large swaths of this generation are agreeing upon. Back, back to my, my comment about everybody wants their own truth. Do, do you see that in culture? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I guess this kind of, go, you were describing earlier critical theory, that idea Karl Marx espouses by pitting groups against each other. But yeah. it's not just two groups anymore. It's so, much, so many factions yes. can't keep up with them. Yes. And they're always... I thought that the, you know, 
black movement was supposed to join with the women's movement with yeah. this, but they're all pitted against each other as well now too. Absolutely. So where do you even start? Well, and what, and, and you brought up, I just kept coming back to this cause I think it's brilliant. You know, the fact that people are angry at the wrong thing. So you, what you're seeing now in our culture, especially in the U S you're seeing large numbers of the black community are standing up against these vax mandates. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which has made the narrative that we're hearing out of Washington change significantly. Absolutely. So here you have this uh, you have this uh, segment of our society, dare I say that people pander to, um, you know, are they're they're kind of becoming cohesive on this and they're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So if we had a if we had a significant portion of Gen Z that said, hey, like we say this so much around here, I think that it just kind of falls on deaf ears. But, like, if people could just be kind to one another. Right. Like, you were kind to this gentleman. Like, I'm, you showed him deference because of his age. I'm sure, based on what I've heard today, like, you were respectful, which, to the first lady's point, maybe her interactions have been with teenagers that they are not respectful. Right. So, you know, I've, I've said before, we have seven children, I have six sons, and my three oldest sons, when... When they were growing up and they would say yes, sir, or no, ma'am to people, it would shock people. Mm-hmm. It would shock people because uh, they, they, there's just such an absence of that respect. Right. So, Aiden, what do you think, what kind, of, what kind of roadways to conversations could be opened with civility to talk about the untouchable topics? So you've, you've broached one, politics. But the next big one is religion. Yeah. Do you think that this could be a pathway to having those types of conversations? Absolutely. Especially in uh, the one of the biggest avenues, I think, in the public school system. If people were cordial and people were in agreement, maybe we could uh, shed some light on the suppression specifically against Christians in the public school system with there not being prayer allowed with teachers not being able to talk about uh, their faiths. You know, if we allow conversation in the public school system to happen uh, and you have people just discussing people that don't know much about religion or learning about it, you have uh, someone someone that's Muslim and someone that's Christian talking to each other and they're getting along at the same time and that's happening in school, people are being educated on that. Even if they, let's say, someone that's neutral is watching a Muslim and a Christian talk together and they're cordial, if they don't, if they don't even end up going to either side, they, they realize, oh, shoot, these two people that disagree, that disagree in a major way sure. agree, yeah. Maybe it's not so hard for me to do that. And when you educate people on that basis, you have a better society, right? If we just have conversation like that, uh, we'll also be, be able to spread the gospel a lot, a lot better. And maybe to make this really tangible, like a practical element there, you went into that conversation, at least with the last gentleman, seeking common ground. I did not hear you go in there looking for division. You already yeah. knew you were divided on certain things, but you actually wanted to convince him through questioning that you had more in common than he even thought. Yeah. If that that's the that's the antidote maybe to this critical theory of yes. division and capitalizing on that division. Right. If that's our motivation in going to conversations, maybe you would find civility again. Yeah. How much of 
people's, and maybe it, maybe it's a lack of knowledge. I I think perhaps it's a lack of will. Uh, how much of people wanting to just engage in conversations, not necessarily to be right. How much of that do you think factors into people doing exactly what Ms. Z is talking about to, to share the gospel? And you, you said that it could be right with that. And let's, and let's go outside of the, let's go outside of the school system because like you have interactions with people, you have a business that you started and, and uh, so you have customers and uh, you know, you have people, you have leads that you're going to be chasing down. What, what might that look like um, if you continue to have the will to have these civil conversations and then you entered in, like I'm going to have civil conversations about Jesus Christ. Right. What, what might that look like? Um, as coming from a business perspective? I mean, just interacting any, with people perspective. That, that's an avenue for you to have access to people. Right. Uh, so what it looks like right now, um, I mean, I talked with people there at it. I uh, talked with Catholics about Christianity, uh, and that was cordial. I can talk with uh, people online, people that I used to go to school with, and for the most part, I can be cordial, but now, especially now with it, it's past post, uh, what, we're not, we're past postmodern, we're anti-Christian. Post-Christian. Post-Christian right now. Anti-Christian, well, basically. Yeah. I mean, that is experience of many. Um, I have a lot of uh, fighting against me whenever I talk with some people about yeah. that. Uh, there's definitely a lot of people where I'll start talking about it, and they're like, oh, you're, you white Christian male. That's such a white Christian male thing to wow. say. Why? It, like, wow. you just by talking that's showing my impression, showing my impression in quotes. Right. Um, right. Like I can't, it's so hard to start that conversation now when everybody's labeling you as the enemy, not even for shoving it in someone's face, just by trying to talk about it. Sure. And, uh, but do you agree that the civility and entering a conversation like that could pave the way for these it, deeper it, conversations? It can. Yeah, it absolutely can. Maybe don't start off with that. Yeah, like, of course. Like start off with a neutral topic. Right. I love doing that. Yeah. My opening topic usually with new people is aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Because it's something everybody's interested about. At least I every, have to say we've had this conversation. <laughs> we have had this conversation. Everyone is interested in aliens at least a little bit. Right. <laughs> so... Uh, I found that working at Jets, I use this tactic a lot with three different people. When you're cleaning dishes, you have a lot of time on your hands. Sure. And that's how I opened up the conversation with aliens. And I led that into salvation. Interesting. Right? I love it. Uh, I led it into creation yeah. and, and Jesus and, and, and everything. And, yeah. uh, and then that led into people opening, to, opening up to me about what their experience with the church had been and how it wasn't like the best thing ever yeah. and how yeah. I could explain, like I explained the difference between certain denominations because some had uh, problems with this particular denomination. Some had sure. problems. And I was like, well, you see you like that, that like Catholics, right. Yeah. Uh, they're a bit different than most Christians. Like that's, that's not how it's like, that's not how it's like for the most part. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I was just giving them the perspective that it's different. Yeah. So 
absolutely possible if you if you start off cordial sure. and open up with aliens. I Missy, mean, I had this quote dropped on me the other day in class that studying is not equal to homework. And I was like, come on. Like, what? if you have a test, like, and I ask you, my son happened to be in the class, and, and I said, come on, dude. I said, if you, have a, if you have a test tomorrow, and I say that, I ask you if you have homework, and you tell me no. Like, studying for a test is absolutely homework. Do you know that every single student in that class passionately disagreed with me? Ooh. Passionately disagreed with me. And your sister was one of them, too. <laughs> passionately like so my question is like that obviously is that's a microcosm of a larger like we like to use this word but my question is do you think that's a microcosm of a larger systemic problem with our culture defining terms defining terms that's where i would have gone with that because if you're putting homework if you're labeling homework as book work paperwork and then studying is a you know a few day process to prepare for a test. I could see where that division would stem. Yes. Where in my brain, growing up, it was just all homework. It's right. all equated to homework. Right. But there you go with the the wordage, yes. the definitions. If you don't define terms, you could be arguing completely different things and not knowing it. Q, would you make a differentiation between those two, homework and study, or would you? That's, would they be synonymous. Th- that's an interesting topic. So what I would say about it is the only difference. Hmm. Me personally, I'd say studying is homework, right? But I could see how someone could think that it's not based off the fact that it's technically your choice to study. And whether or, whether, whether or not you choose to could be a good... It, 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 it's going to be a good thing if you choose to study. It's yeah. not going to be bad if you choose to study, but it'll be bad. It can be bad if you choose not to study, right? What a perfect segue. So... <coughs> Missy, again, culturally speaking, culture at large, do you think people are adverse to researching a position that they hold? Uh, well, I think that a lot of people are adverse to doing research for the thing they do hold, which means there's a laziness involved oh, in our society. There's where I'm we getting We very that. hard to you know, past eight seconds of yes. retention yes. on anything. So, <clears throat> Aiden, you're going to be a business owner. You are a business owner. All right. What is going to be at the root of the success of your business as a business owner? What's the root of my success? What's going to be the root at the root of your success? Uh, my worth at ethic. Your work ethic. Like, like what I can do, what I can provide. On, if I don't do a good job, I'm, I'm not going to, it's not going to be a good business. Without question. So with the lack of work ethic in our society today, and this is something I think that the government panders to a little bit. I mean, we saw this over the last year, right? They literally were paying people to not work. Right. Which is why we have fast food restaurants closing at six o'clock at night, eight it's o'clock insane. at night, you know, or they're not opening or they have a limited menu or the service is incredibly slow because they don't have staff. I mean, we've all seen these signs, but you march that back and it goes to work ethic. And uh, this actually is a podcast that we talked about doing, you know, last year, and we, we need to jump on that again this year. But, um, Aiden, I, I think that you, I don't think I know, you you do have a good work ethic, and you put the time into really knowing what it is that you believe. And Ms. Z, my favorite Mr. Nass quote 
that you always remind me of that he taught in apologetics. Do you believe that what you believe is really real? If we had that as a motto for all of us and we had an approach of civility to people, wow, this would be a way different world to live in. Way different world. Aiden, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts on what? Everything? Yeah, anything and everything. Aliens. Saved aliens. <laughs> I, know, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, so aliens, I'm just kidding. No. Um, I feel like action needs to happen mm. uh, in society. If if people do not start having conversation, do not talk about the issues, and most importantly, they're not trying to do something about those issues, mm-hmm. one of two things is going to happen. This country is going to go the route of Europe and we are going to be ruled by the government completely. We could turn into a totalitarian type deal, dictatorship, uh, uh, an autocracy. It could be a lot of different things. It's a socialist society, a communist society. So that's one avenue. Or we'll go to war with each other. Yeah. And... I get maybe not war, maybe just tiny little battles all across the nation. I don't know. Like, depending on what news source you read, there's a lot of, there's a lot of energy behind that. Like one, one poll I read last week, 62% of Republicans are in favor of secession. Oh, yeah. 48, 51% of Democrats are in favor of secession. And when, what, what, what happens when both sides of the people want to secede. Right. Who steps in to stop that? Exactly. The government has to choose sides. Or do or do we step in? Or yeah, or do they step in? Right? Do you That's, think they would? Um yes. Oh, absolutely. Because I think you've had a well-formulated argument that <laughs> we as you talked with people like I don't I don't think that any of us would disagree that the government stand right now is about power and control. Right. You know, and they've lost sight of what their true objective is and that's to protect the citizens. Um, but they've, they've expanded that. They've expanded it 3.5 trillion times, you know, or at least they're trying to. <sighs> Good thoughts. Miss Z, I want to give you something to get your final thoughts on. Obviously, Aiden is a senior this year. We've had four years of uh, opportunity to influence this young man. Um, what, what should we be about at LCS as teachers? With regard to not just civility, but even other topics that we've touched on, work ethic. And although we didn't call it this, it, it, is, it is the reality, epistemology. What, what are our responsibilities uh, to that? And this might get you in trouble. How do you think we're doing on that? Well, I mean, my, my all-time favorite class ever is apologetics, defending the faith. But... We could give a whole bunch of ways to defend something, but what's the point if you don't know what you're actually defending? So my hope as a teacher is to lead students to the truth. I'm not the truth. I can't uh, convince a kid to believe it, but I can at least show him or her from where ultimate truth can come and let the Lord do the rest of that work convictions, the changing of the heart. And when that's there and it's secure and that kid knows this is true and nothing can shake it, then you can 
build on that. Here are some tactics for how you approach people at a, you know, Biden protest, or here's how you engage in the culture with the culture. So my daily goal is I can tell you a lot of things, but if it's not from ultimate truth, the Bible, I hope you never remember what I say. But if it's of the Lord and that has nothing to do with the Z, then I hope you never forget it. Um, and that, in a way, takes a little bit of pressure off of my perfection because I'm incapable of that. But I can at least point to perfection. Sure. And I think we've got a lot of teachers with hearts that incline that way. Mm-hmm. We, we, we want our kids to be the best they can be. And we hope they have good examples in us as teachers. Mm-hmm. But we will fail. Yes. And we have failed. And, right. and so where do we point them back to perfection himself? Yeah. Ultimate truth. Yeah. I could not agree more. And, you know, we've had four years of influence and impact with uh, Aiden. But we have students that are like yourself who you weren't quite a lifer, but really close. But we have students who are lifer. Like we have a beginner garden this year. You know, so we have preschool through 12th grade. So that could be 14 years of impact that we could have on a student. You know, we just had, uh, we had a presentation about our, our fundraiser that we're involved with right now. And when you add extracurricular activities to instruction, 30,000 hours of impact mm-hmm. that we can have on our students. Mm-hmm. That is crazy to me. Nearly half a life, 30,000 hours. And I hope we're not wasting those hours. I don't think that we are. I don't think that we are. Aiden, I so appreciate um, our interactions in class. We make people nervous. We do. Because we definitely raise our voices at each other. Absolutely. Uh, and, but I rather enjoy watching the looks on people's faces that don't know the relationship that we have. It, it was. It's definitely interesting when we have someone new. Yes. Like, like one of the students last year that came yeah. and her first day her very first day in Bible class, me and Pastor Maven had a, a energetic discussion. Uh, <laughs> and she... We never argue. It's just energetic discussions, It right? is. It yeah, is. Love it. It is. And people don't see it that way. No. Like we had one last <laughs> week. We had one last week talking about uh, what we talking about. Oh, the flood and how you teach at elementary kids. Yes. So, Miss C, he, would not, he was not listening to me. <laughs> he was not giving me the civility that he paid to this gentleman. <laughs> so this, it ended with me saying, will you just shut your mouth and listen to me for a second? And then, like, you could have heard a pin drop in carpet in there, right? Oh, it was It insane, was awesome. I, I yelled. It was hilarious. But, I yelled. But, like, <laughs> this is the thing. We get energetic with each other, but I don't feel like we've ever been disrespectful to each other. I've never felt disrespected by you. I, I feel like I might have crossed the line a few times. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I... I don't, I don't think so. You and don't think so? And no, and it's me who's receiving it. Because if, I, if you would ever cross the line, I would have talked to you. Okay. But this is what I love. I love that you have closely held, passionate positions. And I could not hope for anything more for our students, Miss C, that they have a well-informed, biblically-based, closely held, personal opinion. And Aiden, you took this to the next level, which is what I hope that every single one of our seniors, not only this year, but every single senior in the future, that you will take that to the marketplace. Oh, yeah. That you will use what you have learned here, uh, that you will remember our energetic discussions, mm-hmm. that you'll remember these. this this wasn't an official outing, but, I mean, it really was because you were you had guidance from Miss Z, you know, at this, at this rally, which is amazing. It's amazing to me. 
we had a student say this on our last podcast that, uh, yeah, we are concerned here at Lives in Christian with, with your education, but we also are concerned with your heart. Right. So if we, Miss Z, are, are helping to equip people that, that don't realize that, that's an epic fail on our part. That is an epic fail on our part. So I think we want to model that. We want to be intentional about how we teach that. But we also want to, like, so celebrate when we have victories like this. And I'm pointing at Aiden. When we have victories about somebody who will engage the culture, and I think engage the culture completely appropriately. Oh, yeah. So this goes back to what Steve Dace was saying. Like, we need to be offensive. You were offensive. You went on the offense. But you were not disrespectful. No. Right? So you had these conversations that happen. I just cannot wait, Aiden, to see what God is going to continue to do with you. Uh, I appreciate you um, in so many ways, not the least of which is um, you just make all my classes that have you very interesting. I hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but But I really mean it. Everybody else lies to you. That's code word for you're a jerk in my class, but I really mean it. <laughs> Thank you. I do. I enjoy your class. It's It definitely wakes me up in the morning. Good. It's That's very Good. helpful. And to Miss Z's point, and let's close with this, Miss Z, I could give a rat's rear end if anybody remembers my name in 10 years. What I want them to remember is, oh my gosh, I just had a conversation about the cosmological argument about the existence of God. <laughs> I don't remember where I learned that, but man, I'm glad that I had that. Or I just got in a conversation with somebody who's a total jerk to me, but like I maintained my cool and I was still respectful to them. I can't remember where I learned that, but I, seriously, like, I don't care. I don't care that, it, you know, that they remember Miss Z taught me that or Miss Pastor Maven taught me that. I, I don't care. What we care is, is the result. And that's the, that's the fruition of really discipleship and to get them involved and appreciate the sanctification process. Well, Miss C, my cohort, uh, thank you for your time today. Aiden, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for and, having uh, me. On. Not only your time, Aiden, seriously, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate what you stand for. I'm really excited for uh, what God's going to do with you in the future. Thanks to our audience for joining us today. We look forward to being with you next time on the Falcon Fastlane.